driven, ambitious, and love all things marketing. I'm Emma, with 10 years of the marketing industry experience, two degrees, four awards, and a whole heap of learnings along the way. I'm here to be your marketing mentor and tell you everything I wish I'd have known to give you the skills and confidence to become a superstar marketing manager. And I'm here to be your biggest cheerleader. So pour yourself a cup of coffee and let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing Nuggets. And as promised, we now are having guests. So the whole of April, we are going to be doing some guest podcasts. And I am thrilled to have my very first guest of April today. So Phoebe is the founder of The Plan Success, an SEO business designed to help teach small businesses and now us how to unlock the power of organic traffic on their website. Plus, fun fact, she is in the top 1% of SEO experts on Upwork. This is actually Phoebe's second time on Marketing Nuggets. So if you want to hear all about her journey, please go back and listen to episode 20, which is, it's a bit of a mouthful, advice from a digital marketing SEO nomad. Let's talk freelancing, traveling, and SEO. Welcome to the podcast, but can we talk about the name first? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we probably should explain that. So if you listen to the first episode, I'll be introduced as Charlotte, and then this one, it's Phoebe. And that's just because, so basically, pretty much all my life, I've been named Phoebe, but my actual birth name is Charlotte, which wasn't a problem until Upwork. They started having a lot of problem with scam profiles. So I had to verify as Charlotte, which then created a sort of like whole new professional persona as Charlotte, like my alter (laughs) ego. But I've kind of just as I'm kind of transitioning off of Upwork, I'm going back to Phoebe. So like at the moment, my LinkedIn is like Phoebe Charlotte. Um, And hopefully one day it'll just be back to what everyone in normal life calls me, which is Phoebe. But yeah, that's why there's two names. (laughs) Okay, perfect. But it's the same person, everyone. So do not get confused. (laughs) Okay, so in today's podcast, I might split this into two separate episodes because I feel like we're going to get so much information from Phoebe that we want to split it up. So we are going to talk about debunking some SEO myths, things that are helpful to know, quick fire definitions and then we are going to finish with some advice time because we want some actions to take away. Let's jump straight in to debunking some SEO myths. So we're going to start simple and what is the definition of SEO? So SEO, not to be confused with CEO, SEO stands for search engine optimization. So Kind of in simple words, it's just optimizing your website so it appears higher on Google. So kind of just editing your website using keywords, kind of technical words, making sure the UX is really good and then creating content that Google will then crawl and be like, oh, okay, and put you in front of the right target audience. So that's SEO, search engine optimization. Perfect. And whilst we are talking about SEO, are there any other acronyms or anything else that we should know whilst we're here to start with? So SEO, you often hear it kind of used alongside PPC, pay-per-click advertising, but kind of not really acronyms, but more just in SEO, you'll get a lot of techie terms thrown around. A few of them might be a 301 redirect, which is basically you've got one website page and then you've created a new website page to replace the other one. You need to make sure that the URL slug at the top or the website address is going to the right place. So that's a 301 redirect. Metadata, 
that's your hair that people talk about that a lot and that's basically editing the words that come up on search engine results so you know it comes up in like a blue title on google and beneath that is a little blurb that's metadata canonical tags these can really confuse people but again they're not confusing basically sometimes you might have on your website or you might have two websites and you'll have like duplicate content on there but if you've got duplicate content google thinks this is a bad sign of quality so you can use a canonical tag to say hey this is the original and this is the duplicate but we could go on for hours with all the different <laughs> terms but there's, there's kind of the, the few that I hear a lot yeah there's a lot of those words there that I feel like people throw around and you're like I don't know what they mean so just even knowing the like the strip back definition is really helpful so as this is one of the channels that has so much mystique around it I always find what would you say is the most common SEO myth that you hear I'd say something that puts people off SEO a lot is that it takes too long however I don't think this is necessarily true because what I'll find when I work with clients is that you sort of optimize your website using keywords and making sure that the design and everything is pretty good so on your landing pages or product pages and then from there you should see a pretty quick jump in organic traffic, which is really nice. But then what happens is the kind of after that, you need to have a long-term strategy, usually with content marketing or link building. And that is kind of more of a slow burner. So I think it's a bit unfair to say, oh, it takes too long. It might take longer than PPC or something because you can just turn them on and off and see results almost instantaneously. But it definitely doesn't have to take months and months and months and months, like people say. And what is a myth that is actually true? that good SEO is expensive. And I would say this is true because so there's such a low barrier to entry with SEO that you get just, you know, everyone calls himself an SEO expert. And then if you can create a nice website, it makes you look professional. And, you know, anyone can sort of download screenshots from Google Analytics and make it look like you know what you're talking about. So they kind of offer services to say 99 pounds a month or a few hundred dollars a month. We can do your SEO, but actually good SEO like I said before, once you've done the initial initial foundations, it's in a long-term strategy of content marketing, link building. And that takes a lot of time, which means money. And also as well, like good content is expensive. You can't just throw up a 300 word blog post anymore. It needs to be really well-written and it needs to outrank all the competitors. And, you know, just the standard of content is really high now. Like the same on social media, you know, the kind of reels and things look like professionally edited, like they should deserve or Oscar some of them and it's the same for SEO <laughs> because this is the channel that has the most myths around it I feel like there's some things that are like annoying and what do you kind of hear that over and over again that's frustrating from clients of yours so with the plan success is aimed at helping small businesses but sort of day-to-day my bread and butter is usually with kind of bigger businesses and what you'll find is kind of people who they think they know SEO and they're not willing to learn it or learn the updated. So they kind of end up fixating on the wrong metrics. So about 20 years ago, SEO was all about like just choosing one keyword for your page, keyword stuffing, and then what, you know, tracking that ranking. But now a page can literally rank for hundreds of keywords. And then also Google's so smart that it shows everyone different results. So if I type in, I'm just thinking of a client now, and when I type in the client, I get shown the blog kind of articles. But then the CEO of this company, when he types it in, 
he actually gets shown finance articles about it because he's obviously like that's what he's more interested in so it's really interesting how we can both be typing in the same thing but get different results so therefore there's no point tracking keyword rankings because they're just so many variables there so i think and it's really hard to sort of educate new clients about that and sort of yeah get them away from these vanity metrics i call them and instead focusing on the bottom line which at the end of the day the bottom line is okay let's decide on a goal and it's usually either going to be conversions or sales and let's just sort of focus on that yeah that's good it like zones in and actually gives people a focus and not just be like look at this I've got 200 words in Google because I always find that when SEO agencies or anybody is trying to like impress me to go with them they always kind of flash up those kinds of things and it does kind of you you are kind of drawn to it just naturally if you don't know what's going on because they're the kinds of things that you want to report to you know senior senior management as well yeah exactly yeah so when you take on new clients because obviously you're not going to get everybody at their start of their SEO journey what do you spend the most time fixing because people have done something wrong because they believed a myth oh my god so many things like actually this morning I was sort of on a client pitch and I was trying to gently say that their current website the structure of it isn't very good for SEO and then (laughs) halfway through he goes oh we actually just changed the website structure and I was like, oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. So it, it's really hard to sort because people spend a lot of time on their websites they are, or working with other SEOs. So they think they've done good things, but actually sometimes you need to undo it. And one of these things as well, which probably the worst one is spammy links. So again, an old school SEO tactic was buying links. And it's still so prevalent, like going to Fiverr, Upwork, whatever, or LinkedIn, every day I get like tens of people saying, hey, I can get these links for you on like DA Authority 99 websites, which just mean nothing now. Because again, Google's evolved so much that it knows when websites are buying links. So therefore it can just sort of like it neutralizes everything. But that's again, something you really have to have to like educate clients. And it's a real balancing act because sometimes they've spent a lot of money doing these sort of you know, quote unquote, wrong SEO tactics. So they don't want to hear that their money was wasted, uh, which is understandable. But yes, spammy links and how people should just stay away from buying links is definitely something I spend a lot of time talking about with clients. Thank you. I feel like we have debunked some myths and now we are going to get into section two, which is some helpful things to know say I'm a marketing manager or head of marketing or I just don't have an SEO expert with me I don't have an SEO person on my team and I am going to go into a meeting with different people from different departments and I want to sound smart (laughs) so can you help firstly can you give me some examples of what actions or what things practices anything that's kind of a marketing activity that falls under SEO so if I was going to go into a meeting with my bosses, say, okay, my, in the pretend company I work for, and I don't know about SEO, but I want to sound like I do, I would start talking probably number one about link building, but do it in a really professional sounding way, which is digital PR, which nowadays is how you get the best links. So I'd be talking about digital PR. And then I'd also be talking about sort of this is kind of a next level SEO, sort of where SEO is evolving to is how holistic SEO is becoming in the sense that 
Google's all seeing. It can see all your social channels. It knows all your paid ads that you've got everywhere. It probably knows what TV ads you've got running as well. So therefore, your SEO needs to tie into everything. And sort of as well, this is really awful to hear for small businesses and solo marketeers, but ideally you do want to be on every platform because the more you are sort of present everywhere, Google will see you as more and more and more of an authority. So holistic SEO, digital PR. And then I would also be talking about just general sort of SEO practices. You want to be talking about your technical SEO in terms of like, is Google crawling it correctly? Are there any indexing issues? That's a good word to use, indexing issues. You want to, of course, be talking about content marketing and how content is still king. Even if people aren't reading your blog posts, Google is. So even if you're not getting organic traffic to your blog posts, if your blog posts are supporting your landing pages, it boosts your landing pages because your blog content is raising your overall trustworthiness as a website. So that's still kind of why content is king, even if you think people aren't reading blogs. I would also be talking about the importance of how SEO has evolved to more UX and sort of conversion rate optimization as well. I never know if people say like Crow or CRO. What do you say? Do you say Crow? No, I would say CRO. Ideally, you'd have someone specifically for that role, but oftentimes there's just not the manpower. So it kind of falls on on the SEO to sort of have a think about, hey, we're getting people to the site, but how can we also increase conversions? So yeah, I can keep going. <laughs> I was going to say, it's so interesting that you said about Google is reading your blogs, because I think sometimes like you spend so long making blogs and creating it, and then you post it on social and you only get three likes and you're like, oh, I'm so demotivated. I don't want to do it anymore. And you kind of, it's a very easy practice to stop doing because you're looking to social for the social proof but not actually understanding that there is other reasons that are more important for creating blogs than just the social likes yeah exactly it really is all about creating topical authority i'm currently working with an e-commerce store in luxury lingerie and they've just got like no blogs on the website so i'm thinking how can you position yourself as a market leader in luxury lingerie if you actually don't have any information or any sort of proof that you know anything about luxury lingerie so it's kind of like creating that social proof in a way that you know what you're talking about that you know you are a thought leader in your industry yeah super interesting and what would you say can you talk a little bit more about digital PR so it's you said it's link building is that right yeah basically all the time, like I said before about, you know, people saying, oh, we want to do link building. And then they tell me that they've been buying spammy backlinks. And I'm like, oh, gosh. But what I always say to clients is do not spend money on link building unless you have got thousands of thousands of months. Instead, what you want to be doing is focusing on your PR. Now, ideally, if you're a big company, you know, you're already working with a PR firm. If you're not, what you want to be doing is sort of creating those relationships. Even if you're just a small business, that doesn't matter because there's other small businesses in your area that you can collaborate with and sort of you can make a guest post on their website. They can do one on your website. They can even mention you on socials because, again, Google sees everything. So it's just really all about PR is link building nowadays, I would say. So that would be like the dream would be to have an article featured on a, another website that has a lot of domain authority. Right. And then it clicks to it and then it says, is that am I on the right lines? <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. So a backlink, the ideal thing you want to get is a do follow backlink. Do follow is a little tag in the code 
which says tells Google, hey, yeah, you can follow along this backlink. A no follow is just when it's essentially just a mention. So you don't really want that. You want the do follow because it passes along, quote unquote, page rank or link juice as well, you might hear. But yeah, the goal is to have it on prominent sort of websites that, I mean, obviously, ideally, you want them. I don't want to use the word domain authority because that was kind of created by SEO software Mm. tools. It's not really a real thing. Here's me using it. It's more like... (laughs) No, no. <laughs> yeah, but like everyone thinks yeah. it is because, you know, you hear it yeah. so much. Yeah. Instead, for me, I think what's more important is obviously a high ranking website like, say, The Times or The Guardian or whatever. That's obviously a really high ranking domain authority. But there's no point having a website on, say, if you're like the luxury laundry client, there's no point for them to get a link on Halford's, mm-hmm. you know, the DIY store, whatever, because it's just completely unrelated mm-hmm. to their niche. So it, even if it's sort of a really popular website, unless it's a publishing website, you do need to think, is this relevant to our sort of website? And definitely just like starting small, like if you are a local business, look at the, I guess, local news sites and what's kind of going on there as well. Because I'm thinking of, say you have a business that is an events business and say in your local county, they have like a what's on website. Surely that's the kind of place that you want to start featuring. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I think, yeah, if you're a local business, look in your area. If you're sort of not a local business, but you're a sort of a specific niche, then look to content creators, you know, the sort go through social medias, find businesses like yours, and then just chat to them and just explain the situation and do a sort of reciprocal deal where you'll feature them if they feature you. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So I'm, I'm sat in this meeting. And a senior exec turns to me and says, Emma, I want to improve our SEO. What do I say? (laughs) Okay, so the first question is you want to be asked about budget. Because I think if you don't have a big budget, and okay, I'll just be honest. Yeah, so if you're a business to receive to achieve good results in SEO, you're looking at thousands a month. So if you don't have that, which many, many businesses don't, I talk with people all the time that don't, one option what you could do is perhaps think, okay, if we only have a few hundred a month, you could then put that together for say three months. So you have a lump sum and then you can use that to ask someone to put together a sort of a strategy for you, or maybe they're going to optimize your your pages for you to give them those strong foundations. And then they'll, maybe they'll help you a little bit with the content strategy. So once you know your budget, can you either afford monthly services or do you just need one sort of lump sum and then you've got to figure it out with the content strategy? You then want to find someone who's professional and doesn't use words like link building. <laughs> this because this is a tricky bit. Finding someone that's trustworthy and honest. So I'd say to my boss, okay, first of all, we need to find someone that's trustworthy with this budget. And then also I'd ask my boss, what goals? are you wanting? Because like I said before, when you talk with clients, they just say, oh, we just want to rank first. I'm like, okay, but you could rank first for some keyword that doesn't actually bring you any money. What's the point? Mm -hmm. So try and sort of nail them down on what I said before about either conversions or sales. And then if maybe it's specific, again, if your budget's not that big, you might need to focus on one product at first or two products at first. Yeah. Hope all that makes sense. Maybe ask, does that make sense? Let yeah. me know. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. And and where would you kind of would Upwork be where I would go? Or what do you kind of recommend? 
yes, Upwork, definitely, because, you know, that's where I find a lot of my clients. But I do find I talk with a lot of people that don't have the budget, Mm -hmm. which is where I kind of came up with that suggestion of, okay, why don't we just do, I just do a sort of product for them, a one-off job. And then I sort of help them sort of figure out a longer term strategy that they can then do themselves. So Upwork's great. LinkedIn as well is great. But what you want to stay away from is, I don't want to like hate on all. No, you don't have to stay away from agencies, but you just have to make sure that the person that you're talking to is kind of like, I would ask if I was going to work with an agency, I would ask, can I, I don't want to just speak with the account manager. I want to speak with the person that's actually going to be doing my SEO mm. to make sure that they're aligned on it. Because often you get, you know, you have that account manager in the middle and they don't know anything about SEO, which isn't their, isn't their fault, but they're just sort of telling you what you want to hear. So I think that's where you need to be careful with agencies. Make sure the person that's doing your job, make sure you can, if you can, build a relationship with them. With all with agencies, freelancers, whoever you work with, just make sure they always talk about sort of long term results, staying away from spammy link building. If they ever get it guarantee, uh, you know, a number one spot, just stay away completely because in SEO, there are no guarantees. If they say things like, oh, you can expect X amount return within three months or your money back. I mean, if it's your money back, sure, great. (laughs) (laughs) If they're guaranteeing results, I just wouldn't trust them because with Google as well, there's so many algorithm changes all the time that you can never sort of guarantee something. We don't know what Google's going to throw up next. Oh, gosh. (sighs) Okay. So, (laughs) and and does all businesses need SEO? Like, how do we know as marketing managers when we need to recommend it when do we bring it in so i would definitely say no not all businesses need seo plenty of businesses can do really well just on social media and if you've got a good social media content creation process going you know stick with it the pros of seo obviously are that you own your website so it is good to be getting organic leads to your website because one day if your social media account gets you know deleted what are you going to do So it is definitely a pro for everyone to have organic leads. But saying that, like, it's not realistic for everyone to to be on every channel, even though I do think everyone should be on every channel. It's not realistic, is it? Because also another problem is a lot of industries are really saturated for SEO. So it's kind of like, unless you've got the time and money to put into it, are you going to make a big enough difference? You know, would your money be better spent on paid ads, which is fair enough as well. In fact, just the other day, I did a LinkedIn poll asking, you know, do you think some industries are too saturated for SEO? And 50% said yes, too saturated, which I thought was really interesting. But a good way to know if maybe your industry or, you know, your business model could work on SEO is have a look at your competitors. You can do this using SEO software. So some of the software is really expensive, but the one that I use is Ahrefs, but it has a free like week trial or it's like seven dollars for seven days or something like that and I always recommend you know any small business owner that wants to do their own SEO to sign up for these cheap trials because then what you can do is type in your competitor and you can see if they're getting a lot of organic traffic and for what keywords and if they are and you know try it with a few different competitors and if they are then it kind of shows that hey we could as well Mm. that might be a good way to tell yeah if the sort of market's there Oh, that's a good way. So you can literally go and do the research yourself and then figure it out if you need it or not. Yeah. And what is the most common mistake so we can avoid it? 
So this is wild that it, it still happens just because, but then again, maybe it's just because I spend too much time in SEO to think why this would happen. But the amount of websites, businesses, business owners that come to me with a newly built website and then say, okay, we want to do SEO on it. And I'm like, but you should have come to me before you built the website because they just haven't thought about keywords at all. So, you know, on their, on your homepage, ideally above the fold so when someone clicks on it before they can scroll down you want them and google to know what your business is about but so often i'll see people have written a really nice quote or something that's nothing to do with their business and it makes it look like they're just i don't it just doesn't look like they're trying to rank for anything so the number one mistake in summary i would say is people not thinking about keywords before creating websites or creating specific pages even if you're just doing basic keyword research, i.e. you're just sitting down with a pen and paper thinking, hmm, if I was going to be typing this into Google, what would I type in? And then building your page around that. Like that's better than nothing. And some people seriously seem to do nothing. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> and closing out this section, I think you might be, you're probably going to be very biased on this answer, but what is better, <laughs> PPC or SEO? It comes down to time and money, as all things do. And I will say as well, if you've got no experience in PPC, then you can really be throwing away money. Whereas, and if so, let's just imagine like a one person team, right? Mm -hmm. And you've got no budget, but you decide to try and allocate a few hundred pounds a month, whatever, to PPC. But if you've got no experience in that, that can literally just be just money you're just chucking out the window. Versus if you just spend a little time learning the basics of SEO and you haven't spent any money, instead you've just spent some of your time, you're going to see more results that way. However, what I do, you know, I am very biased. I do think SEO is great, mm -hmm. but I will say it's not a steep learning curve, but it can seem overwhelming because of all the technical terms. Mm. And there's a lot of misinformation out there and conflicting information as well. Um, so that's why you should head to www.theplansuccess.com for clear information also follow my instagram <laughs> i don't think you're allowed to let you plug there but i just did it <laughs> <laughs> love it so, but yeah but that's why you need to you know find some solid information so one person team i would say diy or seo however it's not realistic as well because small business owners are so busy so i do understand why people can't find the time for it but if you're in a really hard niche then again it's um it's not ideal that you're not getting organic leads because if something happens with Google ads, like your account gets shut down or your social media account gets shut down, then I don't know what you'd do. You'd lose all your sales and leads. But it's a lot easier, I would say, um, and also more more reliable to use PPC. Okay, thank you. Was that was that really biased or was that kind no, of it was objective? Like biased, but we're like a twinge of bias. <laughs> but then you, I feel like you need to be like flying the SEO flag. So if you weren't saying that, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do think it's great. I just, I understand that so many people don't have the time for it. No, thank you. And we are going to stop episode one here and then join us next Tuesday to hear all about the next two sections, which is going to be some advice, we want actions, and also finishing off with some quick fire definitions. So join me and Phoebe next week.
Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to my Marketing Nuggets podcast. I've been your host, Emma, and I will catch you next time. Bye for now. Bye.